microphone makes me feel short every time. Go ahead and be seated. What, I, wasn't, I wasn't singling you out, Ann, I promise. I was just letting everybody... <laughs> Let me reiterate what Joe said a few minutes ago, that it is a tremendous blessing and privilege to run out of communion cups and have to go. There's nothing like seeing one of your deacons go flying out the back door, uh, and you have no idea why, and then Chris Mills just took his plate and just goes, I was like, gotcha, gotcha. So, and I will, and I will also reiterate what Joe just said, is it is a blessing to have you here today. Um, we are overjoyed every Sunday to have people with us, and, and today is no exception. Today is a special Sunday, though. Not only is it Palm Sunday, which is a, a, a wonderful thing to celebrate, not only are we going to have our, our Easter egg hunt this evening, um, and we have been getting tremendous feedback um, on Facebook about this event, and we are expecting a, a huge event this evening but we also have the privilege of having the Roy family with us today. Uh, the Roy family are missionaries in southern Brazil. Um, they are in the Porto Alegre area, and I think you're actually in Bento, in Bento Gonzales. Um, in Bento Gonzales, which is in the state of Rio Grande do Sul, which is the farthest south you can get and still be in Brazil. And uh, uh, last time I went to Brazil, I had the opportunity to go um, with Yale Wall, our church partners in Indianapolis, and we went there, and unfortunately when I was there, the Roy family had COVID, and so we did not get to meet, and so thus this was the first time that, that we've actually gotten to meet in person, and, it, and we are so overjoyed to have you and your family here. This is an absolute blessing, and so it is my privilege to introduce to you Kyle Roy, who's going to be giving our message today, and as he comes up, I'm going to pray for him. Uh, gracious God and King, thank you so much for today. God, what a day to look forward to. What a day of rejoicing. And God, we praise you for the Roy family and, and just getting to know them and also getting to have a partnership with them and their work in Brazil. God, I have heard testimony after testimony of, of the work that they have been doing and, and just the impact they have had for your kingdom. And God, we praise you for that because we know you are working through them. Lord, we pray that you would continue to strengthen them and to sustain them. And Lord, as they begin to, to prepare to return to Brazil here in just a, a very short amount of time, God, we pray that you would be with them. Lord, that, they would continue, that you would continue to bless their work and their ministry. And God, that we as a church would have a burden to support them and to be there with them and to see you reach southern Brazil for your name's sake and for the kingdom. Lord, we ask all these things in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, good morning. It is a blessing to be here. It's, uh, I'm very thankful for the opportunity to be here. And it is wonderful to see uh, a pastor remember all the names and all the places and all the, the parts of Brazil that he has been to. It is a, a joy to, to, get, to be here today and see the video in the beginning about the, uh, the North American Mission Board church planting in Portland. And to know that you guys are participating in that Annie Armstrong and that you would have an IMB missionary come and, sh and share. So this really tells a lot about your church, that your church has missions at heart. And so many of you have gone to Brazil. I want to thank you guys that have gone, and I want to thank you as a church who has sent them. And I want to thank you guys because you're going back and that you continue to invest in international missions, that you continue to invest in local missions. It's just, it's just 
awesome to come and, and be able to, to meet you guys and, and see a church that has that mission's heartbeat. And so I'm going to be sharing with you guys today a little bit about what we, uh, our ministry in, in Brazil, and then I'm going to share a little bit from the Word of God with you today. Uh, we are International Mission Board Missionaries, and that's the IMB, so we are your missionaries. We are on the field because Southern Baptist sent us, and uh, because you sustain us on the field. So we're very thankful, and we're very thankful for your participation with us by actually going and being there and, and being with us. Uh, next slide is our family. Uh, you, some of you have been able to meet them. They are 14, 13, and, and 9. I've got to update that. A lot of birthdays this last month. Uh, but uh, uh, many of you have been to Florianopolis, have heard about Florianopolis. That's where we were at at language school. Our youngest son, Matias, was born in Florianopolis. So uh, you guys, some of you have been to, the, to his city. So uh, just uh, very thankful for you guys uh, that have been able to go. Uh, the next slide shows a little bit about Brazil and our states, the southernmost state, as, uh, as was mentioned. And uh, we are working with, in the greater Porto Alegre area, which goes up about a, an hour and a half north of Porto Alegre, where we, were, we are at. And uh, uh, it's a joy also to participate with you guys in the, uh, the Lord's Supper this morning. We live in uh, the, the mountains, and we have a lot of Italian descendants, and they have a lot of vineyards. So there's vineyards everywhere. And our, our church in Brazil yesterday went out to one of the vineyards and had their Lord's Supper beneath the, the vineyard. So they, they try to do that about once, once a year, twice a year. It's always uh, very special because they take the passage that we studied this morning in Sunday school, uh, John 15, and they, they talk about uh, Jesus being the vine. So uh, the next slide will show a little bit uh, about the Italian heritage and where we work. The next slide is going to tell a little bit about our ministry. Uh, I'm going uh, rather quick, so you guys are going to have to read some of the slides. Uh, to, to get it all, but uh, this is what, uh, part of what we do. So a lot of what we do as missionaries is what you guys do here locally as well. A lo local ministries, we minister through a, uh, a local church. We seek to uh, uh, help other churches in our association. So we work at a, a local level, a little bit on the associ association level, and at the convention level, trying to partner, to participate, to find ways to, uh, for the churches to grow, for the churches to become healthy, and for the churches to plant more churches. So that's a lot of what we, we do. We work, obviously, with discipleship. Uh, part of that is the RAs and GAs. Uh, we uh, do a community outreach, try to get the churches into the community, a lot of what like you're going to do this afternoon, uh, inviting the community to be, be a part so you can share the gospel. That's a lot of what we do as well. And we're about trying to find ways to get the gospel through church planting to, to people that have never heard. So the next slide is a, a picture of our, our local church. Uh, Josh has been there. Uh, I wasn't there when he was there, obviously. I was at home in bed. But uh, so th this church was actually uh, help was built by a Southern Baptist, uh, I believe from Texas, about 50 years ago. They went and they helped help build. And so those are some of the, the activities that we do within our local church and trying to model and get that church uh, to grow, to grow more, to be able to reach out into the community. The next slide will tell a little bit about the association that we work with. There's 17 churches, five church plants. Uh, one of the things that we noticed when we first got there about uh, nine years ago, almost 10 years ago now, the churches 
were, uh, were not working together. So part of what we were able to do is get the association going and uh, find ways to, for them to work together and to have that vision to plant churches. So now uh, the churches, uh, also the Brazilian, uh, National, uh, the Brazilian National Baptists are sending missionaries as well to help plant more churches in Rio Grande do Sul. Rio Grande do Sul, the state, is the least evangelized state in Brazil. Uh, Brazil actually has a very strong Baptist presence. They have a very strong national mission board, a very strong international mission board. I believe they're in 82 countries. But there's parts of Brazil that are still very, uh, very lost. And our state is one of them. And one of the ways that lostness looks like, there's a lot of religious traditions, uh, whether it be Catholicism or Lutheran or, or different other religions, but there's also spiritism. And that spiritism ends up being mixed in with the existing religions, and we have what's called syncretism, where they're believing somewhat Christian beliefs, but they're also be believing spiritist beliefs, and they're mixing it. So it causes a challenge when we try to share the truth from the Word of God because there's such a mixture of the spiritism with other religions. So that's a little bit about what lostness looks like where we're at. Uh, the next slide will share a little bit about what we do with home Bible studies. And that's one of the main things we do. We try to get people into the Word of God so that we can show them what the, the Bible says, what the Word of God says. And some of these Bible studies are small. It's just one family or, or a couple. Some of them <laughs> have grown pretty big. And the Social Action Center, there's actually 40 women that were participating. Uh, and what's interesting is that many of these people, though they have access to the Bible in their own language, they can go buy the Bible in, in, in the stores. Very few of them have actually read it, have actually studied it. I've actually had the desire to know what the Word of God says. Another big thing that we work on in the next slide is discipleship. So we try to find ways to help people grow in their faith. And a lot of what we've seen that people, even if they've been Christians for many years, and we see that in the United States as well, they, though they've been Christians for many years, they, they've grown very little. So we try to get them into the Word, get them participating in church, and try to help them find ways to grow in, in their faith. Uh, the next slide will show a little bit of what we do with the youth. We uh, try to help uh, disciple the youth, uh, do evangelism, help, to help them learn how to share their faith with other people. The next slide will show uh, my, my family, my boys. Uh, one thing that's interesting to understand, as you send your missionaries out, you send their families. So it's not just the man, it's not just the woman, it's not just the couple, it's the whole family that go out. So as you pray for your missionaries, pray for the families as well, because our, our, our boys are very, are very active and participate in, the, in what we do in our ministry. And the, the video y'all watched in the beginning of the, the family in Portland, the, the, one of the daughters, she even said, you know, I don't remember the last time I went to church and just sat down. I'm always doing something. And our boys are always active, so it's important to, to remember to pray, as you pray, pray for the, the families. And the next slide is a little bit about RAs, Royal Ambassadors. Uh, a lot of churches in the U.S. still do that. But that's a way to, find, to work specifically with, with boys between 9 and uh, 17 years old and trying to disciple them and help them grow in their walk with, with Christ. The next slide is, is Girls in Action. So it's the 9 to 17-year-old uh, working specifically with, with, uh, with the girls. And so we try to find ways that we can disciple different age groups, help the churches to grow. 
And in the next slide, we'll see about some of the things that we do in the community. And this is one thing that uh, volunteer teams are very, very essential and good at. Because the fact that a group of Americans left the United States, went overseas, it draws a lot of attention. And we're able to use that, say, hey, we got a group coming. Can we do this? Can we do that? And find ways to really be in, in the community. So it's, it's, it's great when you guys are able to come, uh, get, able to participate, able to be involved, because it really shows people that it is important. That the, what they're coming to share is important. Because they're leaving their country, traveling all the way over, there, over to Brazil to share a message. And they want to hear what that message is. And the, the next slide, I'll share a little bit about uh, church planting in our, our state. One of the interesting things in uh, 2021, even amongst COVID, there were 12 churches organized. Uh, and 2022, in our state, there were only two organized. Uh, but there is church planting. <laughs> and there are, the churches are, are growing. But there's a lot of work to do. And uh, next, uh, next slide, we'll talk about a little bit about how we try to partner with uh, local churches, the association churches, and try to find ways that we can be involved in their ministry, uh, whether by mentoring or actually helping or bringing volunteer teams to help, the, help them grow. The next slide will tell a little bit about we, how we try to partner with U.S. churches, churches like, uh, like y'all that are willing to go to give, give some of your time to actually go down and help. And those have, have, been, have been wonderful times. There's a few pictures. One was the group from Indiana and another one's group from Alabama. Uh, they were just willing to go and give of their time. And we were able to share the gospel. We were able to, to get, do Bible studies. Uh, one of them, did, we did sports. We spoke, in different, we spoke about U.S. cultures and schools. Uh, and uh, that was, it was great. The, the pastor of one neighborhood, he's like, we talked to over 500 students in middle school and high school. It's like, now everybody knows where my church is at. <laughs> and so it, it, it is wonderful opportunity. As you guys go, you open many doors for us to, for us to, sh for us to share. In the next slide, I'll, I'll share a little bit of statistics about the reality of where we live and where we serve. And uh, the task of reaching the lost, it seems daunting. It seems very, very difficult. Uh, and... Uh, it, it's not easy, and one thing we have to remember from the passage in, in John 15 that we'll look at here in a minute as well is that apart from Christ, we can do nothing, and that we need to remember that what we do, we do with him. So I'm going to just leave that picture up there for a little bit as you think about the vast lostness that there is in our region of Brazil. There's also lostness here in the south, here in Kentucky, where we're at now in Tennessee as well. We're staying in Memphis. Uh, there's a lot of challenges that, that we face, even getting the gospel in, in, to those here in the United States. So today I want to share a little bit, and uh, I'm actually going to be in the passage of John 15. So uh, uh, those that were in Sunday school, we got all, a lot of it uh, covered, so I'll be able to go a little faster, but I got a couple points I want to um, mention with, to it. Uh, but one thing that's interesting about our family uh, Valeria is from Uruguay, and Uruguay is it's even more further south than Brazil, where my parents were missionaries. They were missionaries for 29 years. And uh, an interesting aspect about uh, our, our, our testimonies is Valeria, she accepted Christ when she was 14 
the first time somebody shared the gospel with her. She had a friend from uh, middle school, invited her to, to the youth group. Somebody at the youth group leader shared the gospel. She accepted Christ. And me, on the other hand, you know, I'm a preacher's kid, missionary kid. I figured out one time, and I did accept Christ when I was 14. I, did, I figured out one time I'd heard the gospel over four, 400 times, at least, before I accepted Christ. So that's just a, an interesting statistic about our family. A lot of times, as we share the gospel, we're going to meet those people that hear it once and accept Christ. And praise God for that. We welcome into the end of the kingdom, and we, or we uh, give God the glory for that. But sometimes, you're going to meet those that need to hear it 10, 20, 100 times. Don't give up on them. Uh, keep sharing the gospel. Some of you guys might have coworkers or family members that fit into that category. Continue to share the gospel. Continue to reach out. Don't, don't give up on, on, on folks. So it's important for us to remember to get that message across. So I just want to share a little bit about our, our family in that way. And as a missionary kid, when we would go back to the U.S., my, my father, a lot like what I'm doing, would go to churches and share. But that was back in another day when they had the slide projector. You had to hit the button to click it, and, it, and they had the cassette tapes, and you, you would play it. And he had a, a, mute, a song he would play back. And as my, my boys are probably tired of hearing this, this message, I got really tired of hearing my dad's message and that same song over and over and over again. And, you know, my brothers, when we were small, we'd make fun of the song and all that. But it wasn't until I accepted Christ and I'd grown up that I was reflecting on the song that my dad chose to play. And some of y'all might be uh, familiar with it. It was, called, it was a song called The Mission by Stephen Green. And part of that song, it says, Across the street, or around the world, the mission is still the same. Proclaim and live the truth in Jesus' name. So that, that song really shares what missions is about. For those of us that live on the other side of the world, we got a message that we're trying to get across. But that same message is the message you guys are working to get across here, across the street. So as you think about missions, as you think about getting the gospel whether you're going across the street here in, in Kentucky or if you're going across the world uh, to share the gospel. The mission is still the same, and we need to be about that mission, about getting that message uh, uh, to, the, to the world that needs to hear it. So our passage, John 15, I'm only going to read the first uh, five verses. I'm mainly going to focus on, on, on one of the verses. It says, I am the real vine, and my father is the gardener. He breaks off every branch in me that does not bear fruit. And he prunes every branch that does, that does bear fruit, so that it will be clean and bear more fruit. For you have been made clean already by the teaching I have given you. Remain united in me, and I will remain united in you. A branch cannot bear fruit by itself. It can do so only if it remains in the vine. In the same way, you can only bear fruit. You, you cannot bear fruit unless you remain in me. Verse 5, I am the vine. You are the branches. He who remains in me and I in them will bear much fruit, for you can do nothing without me. So just thinking about that passage, uh, th that verse, verse 5, for you can do nothing without me. And that's important to remember wherever we are and whatever our ministry is, that the ministry that we are doing, we need Christ. We need to remember that we cannot do the ministry without him. Those numbers, those statistics 
cannot be reached without Christ. Your city, your town cannot be reached without Christ. And you need to remember that as you go forth, that we can do nothing without Him, that we need to keep Him uh, in the center of everything that we do. You can do nothing without Christ. That is true here in the United States. And most of the world, they look at the U.S. as the promised land. They idealize the U.S. The U.S. is like the best. But I know that even sharing the gospel here in the South has become more difficult than it has been in the times of the uh, past. There's been cultural changes. There's been changes in different generations. There's been a cultural relativism that everybody, it's, it's become common that everybody just believes what they want to believe and it's fine with them. So you have challenges to get the message across here in the United States. And you need to remember that apart from Christ, we can do nothing. And as you look at lostness around us, a lot of times that is daunt, it's a daunting task that we, that we face. But in Mark 6, uh, there's the passage when Jesus fed the 5,000. And before he fed those 5,000, he asked his disciples, you yourself give them to eat. And that must have seemed like an impossible question, an impossible task uh, for the disciples hearing from Jesus. And reaching the lost of this world seems like an impossible task. And it is if we try to do it in our own strength. It is if we try to do it by ourselves. But through Christ, in Christ, we can accomplish the task he has sent us to do. And this is true on the mission field as well. You know, as we go overseas, uh, we go to different regions, different cultures, different languages. Uh, and we remember, you know, as missionaries go out, you know, we got training, we've got strategies, we got plans, we got things that we're, we're trying to do. But we need to remember that we can't do it without Christ. And when we get to the mission field and you realize the, the syncretism of the religion, you realize the difficulty of the culture, it's, it's complicated. It's difficult. And it brings you back to focusing on, on Christ. And uh, the story in Matthew 14 when Peter walks on water. Y'all know the story. Jesus, they see Jesus and Peter gets out and walks to him. And as he's walking and he starts to sink and... Uh, Jesus grabs him, helps him back in the boat. And it's interesting because when they're back in the boat, he looks at Peter and he says, what little faith you have. Why did you doubt? But you think about it. I mean, Peter's the guy that got out of the boat. Peter's actually walked on water. And he was yet the one that had little faith. And a lot of times as you think about missionaries, People see them as, oh, well, they sold their home, they grabbed their family, they went overseas. That takes a lot of faith, and it does. But a lot of times when you get overseas and you're confronted with the statistics like this, lostness, and the difficulty of doing ministry, a lot of times your, your faith falters. And you, and you find uh, Jesus telling you, what little faith you have, why do you doubt? And that just brings you back to Christ, to remember that apart from Him, we can do nothing. So we can do, apart from Him, we can do nothing. And uh, the second point of the day I want to encourage you guys is to not, not get distracted. And there's so many things in our lives and in our culture that are, that are going to distract us from what we know 
Christ wants us to do. And we need to realize that, and we need to prepare ourselves for that, and we need to do something about it. I just want to share a few of those that we've confronted in, in Brazil this last, uh, couple, last three years, uh, and that you guys here in the U.S. have had similar issues as well. So the pandemic. Uh, the pandemic uh, hit us in 2020, March 18th. Everything closed, and things changed overnight. The way we did ministry, the way churches functioned, Everything went online. Uh, we weren't able to meet when the things were able to open. You know, all the restrictions. Brazil had lots of restrictions that were government enforced. So anyway, lots of a mess. I'm sure you guys lived through very similar situations as we did. But one thing that's interesting, and uh, in Brazil, you had many churches during the pandemic that fills it out and died. They closed their doors and never reopened. The distraction of the pandemic was so much that they were not able to adapt. They were not able to, to overcome. But other churches, and I believe this is one of them, during the pandemic, y'all kept going. Y'all made it through. Y'all adapted to the changes, did what had to be done, and kept going. And uh, pandemic's uh, going away, and the church is still strong. And that was seen in Brazil as well. Some churches actually grew more than they had ever grown before during the time of the pandemic. More baptisms, more salvations. They were able to adapt. The same distraction killed some churches, but other churches flourished and grew. So we don't need to let the distractions of life get us down. We need to be able to adapt and continue. Another big distraction in Brazil was politics. And our politics is complicated everywhere you, you, you live, everywhere you go. But here you have two, in, in the United States, you have two major political parties. In Brazil, you have over 40. And they like to switch alliances a lot. So it's not your one for your whole life. You just switch around. And Brazil is also a, um, a culture of uh, protest. They like to protest. They like to, you know, block streets, burn stuff, and uh, and you see that on the news. So you, you mix the politics and the and the that cultural of uh, the culture of, of of protesting, and it gets complicated. Lots of people get distracted. This last election, they had the difference between the winner and loser was like one half of one percent of the of the popular vote. And there was uh, twenty four hour protests for over I think it was about almost forty days. And a lot of Christians got sucked into that distraction. The political issues uh, pulled them away from sharing the gospel, pulled them away from focusing on taking the message to Christ. So there's going to be distractions, and we need to be careful not to let them uh, take control. Now, politics are important. A lot of places in, in, in the world, depending on who's in power, is how much you can actually share the gospel, how, much you can, how you can do church, if people can get visas to go to share. So that, that is all, that's important and all, but we don't need to let it become a distraction to the, getting the message across. And the other distractions I want to talk about just in general are, are personal problems, and y'all can fill in the blank there. It could be uh, work-related. It can be health-related. It can be family. Uh, it can be a number of things that, that, that may be good things, but we can let them distract us from getting the, the, message, uh, the message to Christ. Get, get us off mission 
of telling others about Jesus. So it's very important that we uh, do not get distracted. I was uh, reading a book, and I came across a, a, a question. It says, what in your ministry pokes hole in the bucket and drains your soul? And what are you going to do about it? And I was thinking about that. I was reading this while I was in Brazil. And one of the things that, that really bugs me, and it happens everywhere, is we, and I include myself in this, we become accustomed to the lostness that's around us. We become used to the fact that we have lots of friends, lots of family that don't know Christ. And it becomes just normal. And we lose that, that spark, that desire to share our faith. And that's something that I have to fight against to make sure, hey, keep sharing, keep sharing. Uh, and uh, the IMB, one of those, the slogans that they use is the world's greatest problem is lostness. And the solution is the gospel. And that's, that's what we need to remember. There's a lot going on. There's a lot going on in each one of our lives. But for those out there, the greatest problem is lostness. And the solution is the gospel. And we have that solution. And we need to be sharing that with, with others. Very good. That, uh, if you can go to the, the next slide. Uh, so we got, for we can do nothing without Christ. Don't be distracted. And the, my third point is that God uses his people to accomplish his task. In John 15, if we would have continued reading as we did uh, in Sunday school, uh, verse 16, Jesus is going to say, you didn't choose me, but I chose you. Jesus has us to accomplish his task. And he wants to use every one of us to be part participate in getting the message across. Now, whether that be hiding Easter eggs so that they, people can have the opportunity to come and hear the gospel, or if that's going on a mission trip to Brazil later this year so that people there can hear the gospel, or if that's you helping somebody go on that mission trip, we all have a part to play in getting the message to those that don't, that don't know it. So there's many things that we can do. Uh, the first one I want to encourage you to do is to pray. Pray for your local church. Pray for your leadership here. Pray for the outreaches that you are doing in your community. Pray for those that are trying to reach the United States. But also remember to pray for uh, international missions. Pray for your missionaries. Uh, pray for those that are taking the gospel to other parts of the world. And prayer is something that every one of us can do. And every one of us should be doing. To participate in what Christ is doing around the world. The second thing is we can, we can go. Go with your local church doing local ministry. Go with your local church do international ministry. There's ways that you guys can participate. And as I mentioned earlier, teams coming from the U.S., you guys open doors that in such a short period of time that those of us that are on the field have, have difficulty doing over a longer period of time. So it's incredible to, to be able to see what you guys can can accomplish and, and going and helping. So I want to encourage you to think about how can you go, whether it be locally, whether it be somewhere here within the United States, or whether it be internationally. How can God use you to be on mission? And that might look like something short-term, short-term mission trip, but God might be calling somebody from this church to go internationally long-term. And this is a mission church. Y'all talk about missions. Y'all raise missions offerings. Y'all are 
putting missions in front of everybody all the time. And God's going to use that to stir people's hearts, both here locally, nationally, and internationally. So I want to encourage you that if God speaks to you to do uh, missions internationally, don't be afraid. <laughs> don't be scared uh, that he will, if he calls you, he will equip you. He will sustain you wherever he sends you in the world. And the third thing I want to talk about today is giving and sending. Uh, as you guys give through your offerings, as you guys give through Annie Armstrong, Lottie Moon, the cooperative program, that gets the message across. That gets the message to the, those that need to hear it. And as you give, that is how you send. That is how you are participating in sending people to the, other, to the utmost parts of the, of the world. The IMB has about 30, uh, the International Mission Board has about 3,500 missionaries. And we are part, we are, Valeria and I, we're two of them. There's, there's a lot of us. And we're out there because you have sent us. And we're very thankful for that. And we're thankful for you guys being able to participate and helping us. So as, as I wrap up, I just want to encourage you to remember to not, to, that we can do nothing without Christ. Don't let the distractions of this world turn your eyes on what you need to be doing as far as getting the message, uh, the message to those that need to hear it. And that God uses you to accomplish his task here on the earth. The world's greatest problem is lostness. The solution is the gospel. You all know the gospel. You have the solution for lostness. So I want to encourage you guys to share. And as you share, especially in this time of Easter, which is a moment that a lot of people will think at least about spiritual things, to be able to share the gospel with people and let them know that they are sinners and that without Christ, they cannot be saved. But they can be saved for what Jesus did on the cross as we celebrated today. He gave his body, gave his uh, blood, so that many people could come to know him, so that we can have forgiveness of, the, of sin, and that anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord can be saved. That that message will be on our lips these next couple weeks, that we'll be able to share, even, even today as you guys celebrate with, the, with the, the festivities this afternoon, that it will be a time that the gospel will be proclaimed, and that people will be able to hear and know that Jesus Christ died for them. Let us pray. Dear Lord, thank you so very much for this opportunity to be here. Thank you, Lord, for this church. Thank you, Lord, for the, the, the love of missions that this church has, Lord. Thank you so very much for the willingness to, to serve you in this community, the willingness to serve you overseas. I pray, Lord, that you will continue to use this church in a mighty way, that the message of salvation will go forth through this church, Lord. Help them to continue to remain firm, remain strong. Help this church to continue to grow. And as they grow, that they continue to reach out and tell others about, about you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege to being able to serve you as an international mission board missionary in Brazil. And thank you, Lord, for churches like this that have been able to send missionaries. I pray, Lord, that you will just guide the rest of this, the, the, this service, that you will guide the rest of the activities this afternoon, Lord. Thank you so very much for all that you have done and all that you are doing in this church. In Jesus' name, amen. We will want to give you an opportunity to respond to everything you've heard this morning.
Um, as you heard Kyle say, that the number one problem or issue in the world today is lostness, and the solution is the gospel. That God loved us so much that he sent his one and only son to die on the cross for our sins, and that he rose from the grave three days later. And that if we confess with our mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, that we will be saved. That is the good news of the gospel. And if you're with us today and, and you're feeling that lostness in yourself, you can tell, you can sense that that, that, is, that is a reality for you, then we want to present you the gospel. We want to introduce you to Jesus so that you can have a relationship with him. We're going to sing one final song. And as we sing that, if you are, are, are wanting to know more about making Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, um, I'm going to be standing up here, and I would love to have a conversation with you. Um, you don't have to talk to me. There are people throughout this room that know the gospel, that they have experienced the good news of the gospel, and they are eager to share that with you. So if you're here and someone else brought you and, you, and they're a Christian, ask them, what is the gospel? But as we sing this last song, we want to give you an opportunity to respond. Maybe it's that. Maybe it's, it's you're ready to, to join in fellowship with this church and become a member of this church. Maybe you have become a, a follower of Jesus and you want to take that first step through baptism. Maybe you're feeling the call on your heart to, to missions and to ministry. And God is calling you to, to take that step and to maybe do, maybe start short term, maybe go long term. Maybe some way God is speaking to you to enter into um, the mission field and to be a, a witness for Jesus. However God's calling you today, we want to give you an opportunity to respond during this last song. Number 250.